Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. That's right, the time is now for Movies, Movies, Movies. Joining me in the studio, Jack and Andre, how we doing? Fabulously. Good. Jack just said off air that he wants to make an art house film about Tati and <laughs> James Charles. <laughs> James Charles. And call it Snake Oil. There we go. Oh, I love that. James Charles, sorry, just tati, tapping tati, the mic. Tati, tati. Just testing. Um, <laughs> so we're both well. No, feeling pretty pretty rancid, but like, let's not talk about it because everyone, um, not everyone, obviously, but mm. everyone's feeling rancid right now, but I am. to those who are. Solidarity. Solidarity. <laughs> Choosing really, solidarity. Yes. Um, just a quick thing. On the text line, someone said that White Chicks is their good middle-of-the-night movie. Totally. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. For those that have missed out, we are doing a giveaway of two passes to the Sydney Film Festival. So text us 0409-945-945. What movie you crave in the middle of the night? And can I, I just know. say as well that two tickets to the Sydney Film Festival, that's free. Oh my gosh, that is like golden nugget mm. material. State, it doesn't know what you'd see. Honestly, though... You just can't go to a special event. That's all we have to mention. There are no spe- You can't see a special event film. But oh, no one cares about the terms and conditions. That's why they say true. terms and conditions applied. <laughs> it's in tiny font, so just ignore it. But yeah, <laughs> free films at the Sydney Film Festival. Hello. Get those texts coming. Yes. All right, it's time for movie news. Movie news. Now, it's been a big weekend with the election and... Is it Can? Con? Can? Con. Con. My apologies. Um, so, big weekend and also a full moon. What kind of mania has been happening in the south of France? Well, British director Greta Bellamancina has been refused entry to the festival site with her baby. Oh. That's right. It's a little bit not letting a baby, you know, breastfeed in a cafe. That's what it reminds mm. me of. We should and start a hashtag. Hashtag listen to babies. Hashtag listen to babies. Just the festival site. She basically arrived and they asked her to buy her baby a $300 Europass, which would have taken another two days to process. She has a film in the market section of the festival, so this would have obstructed her from selling her film. And, like, ironically, her film, she was saying, is about a young single mother trying to balance her life as a writer. Wow. And that she's treated really patronisingly in some scenes in the film, but never as rudely as she was treated as a mother at the film festival today. And the film festival's been really apologetic and said that it was all been a mistake. Uh, and they've been making huge steps this year with a whole four women on their lineup. Okay, speaking <laughs> of steps and speaking of the Cannes Film Festival, they notoriously have a rule where if you're a woman on the red carpet, you have to wear high heels. So <gasps> they have... And the only person that's trying to counter that rule is... Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart who'll yeah. rock up and take off her shoes and be like, I'm going to wear Berkies or thongs. Like, uh, let me do my thing. I'm a Chanel mm. ambassador. So yet again, kind of disappointing, but that comes as no surprise. Yeah. I, I also can't believe you have to pay to bring your cute baby anywhere. I know. The baby can't even see any films. I don't think there are any G-rated films. There's no Secret Life of Pets at the no. Cannes Film Festival. But I'm pretty sure that was also the first film ever directed by a black woman, like, yep. ever in competition. In main competition. Mm. And it looks year. insane. Like, they brought the looks to the red carpet. If anyone cares about red carpet looks, check mm. that out. I do. Um, anyway... I can't believe you have to pay for your cute baby to go anywhere, but Andre... Well, if you have your baby, if your baby is a student, uh, there's a free option for them in Australia, outside of the south of France. 2040 opens nationally in Australian cinemas on Thursday, 23rd of May, which, aka, is this Thursday. And it's an Australian documentary about a vision for an ecological utopia, about what we would do if we decided to actually take some of the precautions that people are saying we should take now. What would that make our world look like in 2040? And it's just about the risks of inaction on climate change. And it's by the guy who made that sugar film. If you guys are a mm-hmm. fan or if you stan, 
And they'll will be giving away free tickets to students this weekend. Is that a Dendi or? Yeah, I'm gonna like reprint out my student card. Yeah, so <laughs> get a free ticket to Dendi. I think it's kind yes. of. I think it's a Dendi. I think it. No, it's a Dendi. Isn't it? Yeah. Famously, we don't know. Famously, <laughs> we're going to have to do all of this outside the system anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway. Expensive I, news. Give me some expensive news. You want some expensive news? Uh, okay. Well, I guess after letting Juliet Binoche harvest his calm, ex-teen model Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman. Okay. Yeah. Harvest his calm. What film are you talking about? What are you... What, explain. <laughs> I'm talking about High Life, which is going to be at the Sydney Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And Juliet Binoche harvest his calm in space. Okay. I feel like we talk about this every week to the point where I'm can't even be bothered going to see it. Claire Denise movie. But uh, there is a slim chance that instead of Robert Pattinson being Batman, that it could actually be Nicholas Holt. And Andre, that begs me the question, are Effie and Tony our Kristen and Robert? Begs the question of, do we really care about a Nicholas Holt? (laughs) Let's be honest, (laughs) average actor who only had a good role in Skins. People cared when he was in Mad Max. And also, not going to lie, Robert Pattinson is as emotionless as uh, a breadstick. So, part of me is kind of like, I hate to say it, but Christian Bale is kind of the Batman for me. He does kind of steal my heart. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. (gasps) Christian Bale. Okay, actually, I take it back. Okay, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Actually, you know what? Let's just get every single woman from Bad Moms to play Batman individually. <laughs> that's In my Batman Spider Verse. Batman Spider Verse. <laughs> that's my kind of Batman. <laughs> okay, cool. Should we? Yeah. I feel like we've talked about news for a little while. Should we throw it to a track? Yes, or? you had a request for a song. Do you want to explain why you've chosen this track? This is the song that I heard from like an insider that ScoMo listened to on the way home on Saturday night with his family. An insider. Mm. Mm. The song is On Top by Flume, featuring T-Shirt. We love it. Stick around for two reviews on Movies, Movies, Movies. It's FBI 94.5. All that I want in this life is the chance to do my thing. All that I want in this life is the chance to do my thing.
we've just uh, got to fade that one down. They've uh, just pulled over ScoMo and family on the way back on today night into the Engadine Macca's drive-thru. Jackson. to turn it off. <laughs> Jackson. Jackson. Uh. Um, I love that. Or do I? Or do I? <laughs> or do I? Uh, that was On Top featuring T-shirt by Flume, as we were told just before we started playing that song. That was what ScoMo listened to on the drive home, um, perhaps on the drive through. Picking up some shit from Maccas. You can tell me who <coughs> Flume is afterwards, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, is it time for two reviews? Yes. All right, let's go. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two as Lazaro proves once and for all that Jesus was gay and Judas was a rich straight white guy queer baiting him. Lazaro's director Alice Rohrwacher comes from where Jesus was born, Italy, and gives Catholicism the Thai magic realist treatment. She orchestrates a class warfare messiah story for our epoch, and you can add it to the New New Testament next to Guava Island. A dwindling aristocratic French tobacco dynasty keep a family of slaves unaware of the outside world. It's less, this is America, more Yorgos Lanthimos, but with love, rather than just punchline matricide. Lazzaro does everything he's told, so everyone just exploits him until the film shifts gears like the Old Town Road music video and everything changes. This could be in the top ten movies ever. And we'll be talking about Alice Rohrwacher for the rest of our lives. Mm, Alice Rohrwacher is just a, a genius. She's the queen of Italy, I think. I think she's the queen of cinema. Fully the queen of cinema. Um, uh, to put it simply, I think, though, Happy's Lazaro is just legit one of the best films ever made. Wow. I saw it on a plane, famously, on the way to Europe. Didn't catch the end of it because the flight ended. And it's it's a jaw-dropper. It's so, so good. I can't believe... It's just stunning. It's suspenseful. It's one of those films where the second half is just as stupendous, even more stupendous than the first half. And it just goes there, literally. Jack, ride this wave. Yeah, I'm riding this wave. I thought this year was going to be an absolute nightmare for cinema, and I saw Happy as Lazaro, and I know it took like a year to get here, but uh, it'll never leave me. Exactly. And I feel like to all the people that loved calling by your name because it was set in Italy, it's like, wow, wait until you see a real film set in Italy. <laughs> True. <laughs> this movie's about class conflict, time travel, and also slight homoeroticism, which this is, is what. About, this is about like what the Merchant Ivory family in Call Me By Your Name was actually doing on the side. This is what. If, if Timothy Chalamet had seen Donnie Darko, this is what would happen. You'd get Happy as Lazaro. It's such a sick movie. I love it. Jack, give me a word that describes this film for you. Oh, stupendent. My, my co star, this isn't a word, this is a sentence, but my co star today was Clarity is the same as Transcendence, and that's what this film is. Yes, to that, fully, I'm on top of this movie. Andre, in a word? Uh, I mean, is it bad for me to just say happy? Can I say stupendous? I liked you saying that before. Stupendous! Stupendous and happy. Alright, I love it. Let's go to the next review. It's in the same canon, it's John Wick 3. Jonathan, what have you done? To dream the impossible dream. There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. 
There you go, honeys. That was John Wick 3, and bear with me while I say this, Parabellum. But let's lay it down. Action films aren't good if they're not a bit gay, and everyone knows that the foundation of editing is make a gay film visuality. It requires a hint of the, come uh, dice, gay style. And that's exactly what John Wick 3, Parabellum, gets wrong. It's so square. It's Ivy Room on a Saturday night, men in suits fighting, expensive set pieces in the Moroccan desert, and neon lights outside during daylight, question mark? And why does Keanu Reeves have as much facial expression as that creepy photo of old Eminem? Because, my honeys, Keanu Reeves is actually just a mascot for the boring. And don't get me wrong, I adore Keanu Reeves. Love him. Love him. Love him. But when he's not minimalist and expressionless, he's just a beard. Which makes John Wick 3 Parabellum just another gung fu movie when it could have been bonkers. Like Wanted! Anyone remember that movie? Halle Berry still has it. Period. Jack, you came out of this feeling... Shamefully sad. It's <laughs> just such a waste of my time. Waste of your time. But people love it, and I get people it. froth over it. And also, like, I'm sure it's better than Palms. Angelica Houston maybe has, I don't know, something to say for this film. Mm. The way I feel about what this movie, the way I feel about this film is the same way that I feel when you talk about how much you want KFC. It's like, oh my gosh, it's what the people want, but I don't get it. I wasn't yeah. socialized that way. Yeah, totally. Even though I was socialized as a straight boy up until I was sixteen, and I love X Men movies, but this to me just didn't. It didn't stay with me like I wanted it to. Yeah, it's soul food for someone, but actually, it just feels like you're getting smashed against glass a lot. Mm. And in the film, funnily enough, speaking of smashing glass, uh, Keanu Reeves smashes a glass. Also, Keanu Ooh. Reeves is coming up in a movie on Netflix. It looks very Netflixy, but it has Ali Wong. And I'm pretty excited oh, yeah. for that. Fully, fully. Okay, let's just all, let's just be real. Keanu Reeves is boring. Can we just say that, please? Keanu Reeves is boring. And now I understand why a lot of people end up with boring partners, because the sex is obviously good. And mm. Keanu Reeves sells good sex, and that's why he's famous. And that's what ended movies, movies, movies. <laughs> <laughs> what does Parabellum even mean? I'm sorry. I'm so okay. over these action movies that Parabellum just pick a confusing military term to throw into the title as if it makes them more edgy. It's like, okay, you're not Catherine Bigelow. Calm down. Can I actually explain, or is it more fun to just not have it explained? Please explain. Okay, so there is a part where Parabellum is explained, and it's one of those movies... You know when the movie says the name of the movie, and you mm. go, and your eyes just get a little wider, and you, yeah. like, elbow your friend? Yes, Jack, we've all seen Family Guy. Okay, well, <laughs> this happens in the movie in a subtitle, mm-hmm. where they say Parabellum, it's, like, a, re- a really small, and it's prepare for war. That's really? what it means. Which is where I, I've just Googled... It's also apparently means a semi-automatic pistol or a machine gun as I don't, well. I don't know. The only war movie that I care about is Mulan, the cartoon version 1998. There, Move. I said it. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. it's been... 10 weeks of the last episode ever of Game of Thrones and I guess that's happening tonight as well. Mm. I could watch Mulan throughout the night at midnight. That's my midnight movie, I think. You Mulan. know they're doing a live-action Mulan. Oh, ready for that. With a woman director. Let's try and get, some, let's get some comp tickets for everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> comp to Love Mulan that. in 2023. Um, John Wick 3, in a word, each of you? Parabellum. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, f- um, caffeine high. Caffeine, caffeine high. high. I caffeine love gives it. me anxiety. Um, now, speaking of movies that we watch in the middle of the night, it's your last chance to win a double pass to the Sydney Film Festival. Text us, 0409-945-945. What movie do you like to watch in the middle of the night? We're going to announce the winner after this next song. So get your thumbs twiddling, and you must be a supporter as well. The next song is called Platinum Sex, featuring Amarai by Mina. Little language warning on it. You're on FBI 94.5. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. Yo, yo, yiggity, yo, Sydney Spotlight time. We're so excited to have Jenny Neighbour in the studio, who is a film programmer at the Sydney Film Festival, to talk about, 
I think the first uh, overnight marathon that Sydney Film Festival has done. Is that right? Yeah, you could be right there. I certainly haven't come across one in the archives. And it's the All Night Sydney Love In, and it's super exciting. But I might get you to explain to the listeners what it is. So this is my 30th festival and oh God, the people at work wanted to celebrate in really boring ways like talks and things. And I'm like, no, I want to celebrate with the cinema that maybe love cinema and that really changed the way I looked at cinema. You know, like I grew up in England and all I saw was like BBC and what was on at the local movies, which was ten- tended to be English language and worthy on the whole. So when I went to London as a student, I'm like, oh my God, there's a whole other world of cinema out there. And I discovered like repertory cinema, which, you know, it doesn't really exist much anymore. And um, for me, it was just, eye-opening. What's repertory cinema? So it's kind of like, it's a cinema that shows a whole mix of things and for me, my first love was the Scala Cinema, which was in King's Cross in London and it was an old, um, I think this is how you pronounce it, apiarium, one time once upon a time monkeys were displayed there we were and um, but it was like a really old ropey building and they showed Hollywood movies they showed kind of trash movies they showed retro movies and they showed new movies and you're programming what I would consider the complete opposite of BBC films you're showing <laughs> David Lynch's first film Eraserhead John yeah. Waters's film Female Trouble yeah these are wacko crazy films and they're going to be screened all night from 10 p.m. till 7:30 a.m. at Dendy Newtown across the 8th and 9th of June what is it about these films that came out some 40 or 50 years ago? I can't do the math. Yeah. That's, they, still, they stay with you. For me, they were kind of groundbreaking or trailblazing because with The Razorhead, it was a whole, it was both surreal, but it was fun as well. It didn't take itself really seriously, but it did. Uh, it looked amazing. It was so bizarre. Um, and then Female Trouble was just so crass and trashy and fun too. And the other two films, um, Our Lucky Man, I mean, for me at that time, it's a Lindsay Anderson film that's incredibly critical of uh, English. English society and the class divisions at the same time as being somewhat crazy. If you've never seen it, the um, pig transplant scene is pretty amazing. Oh my god, describe, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you have to go and see that. Uh, You really have to see that. But that was so critical at the time. Thatcher had just got in, you know, like it was like. It, it was like so anti-establishment. Yeah, that sounds like exactly what we need to go see right now. I reckon so. <laughs> so, on a scale of zero to like full tilt boogie operations on a gross bed, how violent are these films, or how gut busting are they? <laughs> I think it's difficult to think of them as being violent because they're not violent in the way we now consider cinema violence. They're not kind of guns blazing or. I mean, there is gore, but in a razorhead, it's black and white. It's never quite so bad, I think. Mm. But it, they, they were, they were um, like in the realm of the senses, which is like one of the most erotic films you have ever seen. It's just so sensual, and it's about a woman's obsession, well, a, an obsessive relationship that ends very badly, and the violence is tangible, palpable, but it's nothing like that you would see, say, for instance, on TV these days. Yeah, yeah it's like violence that actually traumatises you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like a razorhead's going like, to yeah. live in your nightmares in a way that like tonight's GOT grand final <laughs> might not. Well, I remember when I first saw Razorhead, my dad recommended I borrow it out from Blockbuster, and he said this is by far the scariest film, not because it's uh, 
visually terrifying, but because it's just so miserable and sad and creepy that it's going to scare you in a different way. And and so tense, and you don't know where it's going. You can't. I mean, uh, David Lynch was asked to describe the plot, and he said you can't. Mm. And I agree, you can't. It takes you different places, which is 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 kind of something like you you. It's almost like you couldn't do a trailer for that film. Mm. <laughs> And it's the same with John Waters. Like, we've been doing such a binge on John Waters film, which I recommend anyone listening do. Like, go and watch Multiple Maniacs. You think you know John Waters from just seeing pictures of his face, but you have to go and watch his, like, disgusting, filthy films. That's so fun. <laughs> and he's so subversive, but there's totally a point. I yeah. mean, you know, in Female Trouble, the whole thing is about fame, but fame is so perverted, mm. you know. And the other thing about repertory cinema, going back to that, is that you're seeing films with an audience. Yeah. And you... I love that feeling of being in a cinema and hearing around you what the audience is making of that film. You talked about seeing a razor head on getting it out of Blockbuster. It's like but seeing it with a crowd is really different. I'm all about falling asleep in the cinema. So the idea of being able to sleep, <laughs> able to sleep over at Dendi and wake up the so next nice. morning and then go for a run, it's like, whew, sign me the F up. That sounds actually so nice. We can just sleep in the aisles and not block the fire escape. So. For those who are just joining us, we're talking about the all-night Sydney Love-In, which is screening at the Sydney Film Festival. We're here with the curator, Jenny Neighbour. And I want to ask one last question, if that's okay, Jack. Absolutely, go for it. What was the reaction from the rest of the team at Sydney Film Festival when you were like, hey, guys, so to mark my 30th anniversary, I want to screen <laughs> these bonkers movies? <laughs> <laughs> One of which is uh, female trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they were a bit like, really? Wow. <laughs> and some of them haven't seen them all. Some have seen the odd one. A lot of them hadn't seen The Realm of the Senses. I mean, it was banned here um, for some years in Australia. Um, so they were like, hey, can I do that shift? Can I work <laughs> so I think there's a bit of a fight going on about who can actually have the next morning off. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Film culture breaking out. Can fights. I say, I hope Sydney Film Festival takes a leaf out of your book and lets people like you curate more stuff at the festival. This is the best thing at the festival, in my opinion. Thank you so much oh, for being you. with us. <laughs> yes. Happy 30 years. Yes. Thank you. So the details for that, Saturday the 8th of June at Dendi Newtown. Tickets are $49. Um, thank you again for joining us in this studio Jenny Neighbour. Also you've been very fortunate, uh, we've been very fortunate to have been given a double pass to the Sydney Film Festival. The winner which we are about to to decide right now, Jack and Andre. I'm going to hand it to you. What's the best movie to watch in the middle of the night? I'm excited to hear because mine was definitely Juno which I'm embarrassed about. (laughs) (laughs) It was a I think it's High Fidelity. Yes. Did we get a High Fidelity? Yeah. So we we finalised the top three. So Liz g- said The Pillow Book, Jerry said You've Got Mail, and Todd had f- High Fidelity. And, and also my friend Lizzie had Debbie Does Dallas, which ah. kind of gets my vote too. Look, High Fidelity is the ultimate critics movie, so just about a bunch of whingy white guys who run a record store who hate everyone and have no friends in my life. <laughs> there we go. Well, Todd, we will be getting the tickets to you. Thank you very much for texting in and for playing along. Again, thank you to our film lords for coming in, Jack and Andre today, as well as Jenny. It's been a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. Yes. Alrighty, we're going to head to a song now. Annie Hamilton's song, My New Tattooed Chameleon. You're on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.